Welcome to the dark forest Jackie and her pals will never bore us Shameless confessions about our obsessions Will make us laugh and smile So let's explore the dark forest And dark down for a while 2023, you guys, and I'm winging it. Hi, it's Jackie Cation. Welcome to the Dork Forest. That's the website, the Dork Forest, if you like a determiner. Dorkforest.com also works. JackieCation.com has all of my stand-up information. Like, it has videos, it has pictures, it has links to this podcast and to my other podcast with Lori Kilmartin. It has a merch store that has Dork Forest t-shirts. It has all of my stand-up merch and all of my CDs and DVDs. So, that's what you know about websites. There's an opportunity because uh, we're in the new year here that you can donate to the Dork Forest. I don't have a Patreon. I don't have uh, anything really set up, though I understand you can set up on PayPal a monthly if you wanted to. Uh, you could donate and uh, be of uh, to support the show. This is the 17th season, the 17th year I've been putting this stuff out. It's free, but if you have money and would like to throw me some money, boy, howdy. Uh, uh, there's a PayPal. The, uh, there is at my webs at my email address, actually, Jackie at JackieCation.com, which you can also email me and tell me how much you're enjoying the show. You can also do Venmo if you'd like, which is just Jackie Cation, no hyphen, all one word, picture of this, this person, me. And then um, I think that's it. I think I have Zell, but it's too complicated. Other than that, let's do the credits. Patrick Brady, still in, fixing the audio all these years later. Give it up to Patrick Brady. That's what a lot of your donations support, by the way, because I like to uh, share the wealth. And then um, Bill Mose, he does the websites. And Mike Rickberg wrote and sang that song composed and sang that song with his wife now, Sarah. And uh, at the end, he sings uh, the Mexican hat dance, which is always fun. Anyway, I'm sure there's more to it. There's a band camp that has a bunch. It has like a, a, a stand-up storytelling album that was never released. It's uh, There's also a, a bunch of live episodes that many of them are free. There were 200 episodes that were not pre-recorded, and I sort of culled through those, and I pulled like 17 of the best ones. There's an album collection of that, 17 Hours of Dork Forest. If you run through all of the episodes, go to bandcamp.com, Dork Forest, or Google those words and you'll find it. Anyway, there's probably more. I can't remember any of it, but you're doing great. Feel free to enjoy the show. It's happening. We're about Ooh. to dork out. You have the fuzziest of all <laughs> video uh, audio dealy bobs. Yeah, it's the, the windscreen, the windscreen on my mic. It is a mic windscreen. I like oh. it. I'm using uh, the old setup because the new setup, for some reason, uh, the audio bleeds all over the place and no one likes bleeding audio. Welcome to the Dork Forest, Rangers of the Dork Forest. Welcome to the Dork Forest, me, Jackie Cation, and welcome to the Dork Forest, Sarah Benincasa. Welcome. Hello. It's a pleasure to be back in That's your right. forest of dork. Dork, 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 dork. Tweet, 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 dork, dork. Anyway, uh, you've been, you were on, you talked about mostly uh, the guy who made Central Park, right? Frederick, Frederick Law Olmsted, the great love of my life. Oh, yes. Oh, <laughs> right. yes. Your secret boyfriend. And, and my dead, uh, my dead celebrity boyfriend. Specifically, thank you, Jackie Cation. Exactly. And this time, you have sent me a slew of audiobooks. You like a book on audibles. Wait, first of all, let's spare it. Spell it. It's there's no H. 
S-A-R-A-J-B-E-N-I-N-C-A-S-A. That is, you can find me on the socials with that. That's it. You just got yourself a Substack, So it's Sarah J. Benincasa, Substack.com. And you mm-hmm. wrote a book and you have an Instagram and you're uh, you're on fire. Anyway, uh, Sarah ben- Benincasa is a delight. And we shall speak of the medium that is audible. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, audio audio books in general, because you can get them on other apps and audible needs to pay me if they want me to promote them so go true, get libby all right you can get libby you get them for free mm-hmm. that's what people do, do do libby i just love audiobooks oh man. right libby's from the library if i remember correctly because they i believe advertised on uh my other podcast uh, is it easy to use libby i don't know because i i feel like i should use? use it i use audible and i feel uh, bad <laughs> I use Audible because my brother Phil has an Audible account that I have hijacked and he gets credits every month. He doesn't use them. I can buy whatever I want. And then sometimes he says, take me to lunch. Those are like a 20 bucks a piece, Jackie. Anyway, so um, I take him to lunch. That's awesome. Yeah, I love my brother. Steve and I are both big fans, but I pay whatever I pay per month, I think it's either $14.95 or $19.99. It's probably $19.99. I forgot what it is, but I pay per month to get my one credit and my brother won't do that. So he only like does the ones that are, I don't know what the cheap subscription is, but he does that for the thing, the ones that are included with your we subscription. We should totally all be using Libby. We should totally all be using We Libby. should. I don't know why I I'm not. Lori Kilmartin, I think, uses Libby. And she enjoys an audiobook as well. Do you do a written word? Do you do a book book as well? Do you also enjoy a book 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 book? I do. I've I've written book books and right. I've recorded get, two of them. Did you get what to now? record it? Did you get to record it? Two of them, two of the four I've recorded myself. One was at, at Audible headquarters in Newark, New Jersey. And the other one was, I think at Penguin Random House Audio. I think that's what it is out in like Westlake or something like out in the hinterlands of Los Angeles. I did and, a couple uh, of yeah. things. I did a couple of things for Audible and they always had me go to some just random and then just phone in and then record things. So I yeah, some, they'll just like some patch weird you series. in. They, for some reason, Audible, when they first got bought by Amazon, they lost their minds and they're like, we're going to have fresh new content. Mm-hmm. And so they paid a bunch of comic, comics to do things. And I was paid a small a small stipend that I enjoyed uh, to, to to read a book. And I, I, I there's a book that I wrote a couple of chapters for called Comedy oh, cool. Film Nerds. Huh comedy film nerds i wrote about science fiction or fantasy one of those and musicals because i do i like a musical though i don't know as i am just enthused i've had musical dorks on where i'm just like sondheim who and then i've only been to one sondheim show ever and it was very recent which one i went with uh some friends to see uh what is that one into Into the the woods woods. it was into the woods yeah 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 right right that's i liked uh, it i liked it a lot it's funny it's smart it's dark it's yeah the second half is very depressing it was cool but it was very cool and um but but these are not so you but you you read regular I do. I do read regular books but i will say that the last one i read was called um 
oh god now i'm even forgetting the title my brain is nuts but but it was the most recent um mixed media graphic memoir graphic book novel memoir from mari naomi m-a-r-i-n-a-o-m-i they are a great great individual a very groovy non-binary individual and um i read their most recent memoir and it is wonderful and so it's drawings but then it's also they went into the archives of basically their whole life to figure out why a friendship went wrong and they had they they are 49 maybe 48 49 something like that seems early for memoirs i mean i know people i I wrote my i wrote mine when i was like 29 (laughs) when they were just it was because like schumer's shit was popping off so they just were like are you a white woman who seems vaguely troubled here's a fucking (laughs) because it is publishing is inherently a white supremacist institution they were like let's let's do more of white women here you go and uh, so I, yeah, that was when I wrote a, a memoir called Agora Fabulous Dispatches for My Bedroom, which I, I'm so proud of and I'm still really glad I got to write it. But um, sure, you know, there are one of my favorite audiobooks that didn't make my list is one I'm still listening to because I read the book, which I blurbed, which is by my friend Brianna Holt, which is called In Our Shoes on Being a Young Black Woman in Not So Post-Racial America. And she's a great audiobook narrator um, of her own story. Like you really feel like she's just telling you the story. And that's a particular kind of audiobook narrator that I like. And when somebody narrates a memoir and it's the person who wrote the memoir, you should feel like they're just telling you the story. So I do recommend In Our Shoes, but that's not one of my 10. Right. You pick 10. And I am... You know a lot of people who've written books is what I yes. what I'm getting from this initial thing. Yeah, because um, as an off as an author and as a comic, you, I wonder, yeah, I'm I might, but uh, all I know is Kill Martin, and I guess Maria's got a new book. Bamford, Bamford's on my list. I mean, it wasn't Bamford a book that she list. did, but I, I will call it an audiobook. But yeah, yeah, and you know me, and you know other people, and and because when you're a comedian who writes a book. Um, and I don't do stand up anymore, although I will come out of retirement for a check and do OK to shitty stand up. But uh, <laughs> she's I, available, uh, you guys. I'm available if you want something middling and because I'm the writer feels on strike. I'm not selling something else right now. But um, but if if when you are known as a funny person who has hosted a radio show, which I did for a couple of years and different things, you get asked to moderate or Q and A's. It'll be like authors in conversation. And so if I write a book, moderate. that will yes. be, I'll get some talking head to work. That's how you get that hot public Sweet. book festival Q and A gig where you're probably going to make a hundred bucks at most, probably nothing, but you might get like a really good spread like the la times book festival has a really really good um they got good food at you they do at usc <laughs> and they have really good food and it's fun because it's always a lot of like celebrities who um paid a ghostwriter and it's like hot celebrities there so that's fun you see and then you see just like regular dorks like myself uh okay. so highly recommend writing books so you can go there and like or just then- go to that la book fest and sit and watch a panel too no, yeah, do that. But if you want to get in the green room for the authors, oh, right, which is, right. there's so many authors, write a book or be an author's friend attache for the a plus one, a plus one. Yeah, okay. but I'm, I'm, I'm listening to Brianna, who wrote in our shoes, Brianna Holt. I'm listening to her audiobook after reading the print book. And it's fun. I like accessing the information in different ways. 
that's yes that's what that's what i was thinking about so i have the list right in front of me do you want should i start at the first one with this james baldwin one hex yeah hex yes hex yes the fire next time james baldwin yeah that's a classic james baldwin because they're super smart and they're hard to read so sometimes i don't read them well the fire next time is really good it's pretty short it's good and it's um read by i believe jesse l martin is that who reads that one let me look at my my guide i think it's actor jesse l martin who um who has a mellifluous voice is it uh is it uh what's call it uh fiction uh, no, it is a nonfiction account. It's basically framed as a letter to, I believe, his nephew. And so it's a really beautiful book. Um, he was, uh, for folks who don't know, he's a really foundational queer Black activist who wrote extraordinary things and was also, if you can watch video about James Baldwin, video of his appearances on different talk shows in the 60s, it's really extraordinary to watch as well. But it's it's very moving. It's very good. It's lyrical. It's beautiful. Highly recommend. And, and in the hands of, I mean, he's in great hands uh, with the narrator, um, yeah, Jesse L. Martin, who does a beautiful... Jesse Martin. There's a Jesse Martin and there's a Jesse L. Martin. I always screw it up, but... This it's says Jesse Martin. It does. It says Jesse yeah. Martin. I don't know. Okay. Okay. So it's Jesse but, Martin. And how long is it? Is it, do you like a long, do you, my brother sometimes picks books by the length. Of, Let me uh, look. <laughs> like I can tell you. He likes a 26 hour book. That's what, he, that's because he likes to drive a lot. This is short. So the fire next time is two hours, 25 minutes long. Oh my God. That is super yeah. short. Yeah, it's great. It's it's really it's a you know you can listen to it on a flight. You can listen to it whenever. I've listened to it a couple times. Some sometimes I'll listen to something as I fall asleep, uh, and then I'll once I'm done with that, I'll listen to it again when I'm driving. Yeah, yeah. I re-listened to. I'm re-listening right now to a Sherlock Holmes uh, book that isn't a Sherlock. It's a it's a you know a reimagining of Sherlock Holmes. There's oh, a cool. thousand of them, and yeah. this one is uh, written by this woman who. The reimagining is just a, a Victorian English woman cool. who is uh is essentially Charlotte Holmes, who cannot be oh, Sherlock oh. Holmes because of sexism. And uh she doesn't she has pretty much what would now be called autism, uh wow. because she's Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. And, uh, she's functioning, but she's not psyched about it, right? I mean, the the I'm functioning, but I'm, I'm, it's, it's, you know, the diagnosis is, is there's a, it's a, it's a spectrum, obviously it's a. Oh yeah, um, of course. Yeah. Autism spectrum and, disorder, ASD. I mean, it is a spectrum. It's built into the name. It's uh, some, right. some people reject the notion that it's a disorder. And I appreciate that. I have a sister-in-law who is a special education teacher and I have an autistic nephew and I have some autistic friends. So I get that there are different advocacy groups um, generated from different corners of the community, but everybody seems to agree. It's a fucking spectrum. And, <laughs> it's not all the same. Nope. Nope. Everybody doesn't have a rash. So uh, yeah, there's, you, and cannot be treated in the same, same way, mm-hmm. but uh, okay. So yeah, I, so that's a very short book and it's, yeah. and, it, and it's just, so it must be just 150 pages or so. Right. I think it's less than that. I think, I mean, if you see it, it's a really slim volume when you see the fire next time by itself. Sometimes it's, I think, published 
paired with some of his other writings. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's beautiful. And um, I I just sort of, when you asked for, you know, like 10, I picked my top 10 all-timers, some of which I haven't listened to in a while because there are so many others that I love. It was really hard. So I just was like, Sarah, go with your top 10 all-timers that, that made just, a deep impression on you. Right. And it doesn't, you know, and that's that... The thing about the dork forest is that it's a finite amount of time mm-hmm. and you just you get to the end of it and you're like, but I have thirty seven hundred things to talk about this thing. I have three hundred and six, three hundred and six titles in Excellent. my library. And those are what just about ones this one? I haven't returned. Malcolm X. Uh, yeah, um, the autobiography of Malcolm X by Malcolm X with the uh, late great Alex Haley who wrote Roots. Oh my God, I started playing it by accident. You don't get free, <laughs> you don't get any free stuff audible. Uh, I know it's evil that I we need to be on Libby because why are we giving Amazon more money? But um, yeah, this is so fantastic because it's Lauren, it's Lawrence Fishburne narrating it, and this is sixteen hours and fifty two minutes, and it is Chef's Kiss, spectacular oh. performance, wonderful work. That's amazing. I read it in college, and it kind of blew it it blew my mind in the way that that I. My my racism has always been very introverted, uh, very just systemic. I don't have any power. I've just been benefiting from it for a thousand years, right? Yeah, it's a kind and, of passive thing that a lot of white gals like us get to do. Yeah, absolutely. Right, right. We're, we're, I relate to that. Me too. Yeah, and it's it's. I would never say that I'm not racist because mm-hmm. I have Same. sat by. I have sat by and not stood up. And uh, well, those days are over, people, because I've uh, I have nothing to lose now. Feel free to kill me. And because uh, I've, I've don't don't kill Jackie, Please but she will fuck some shit up. She's tired <laughs> and she's not on the sidelines anymore. And that's a beautiful thing. <laughs> I am not on the sidelines anymore. I've decided. But that book was and it was Alex Haley, uh, who also, am I correct, wrote Roots? wrote roots yep and it was just an extraordinary voice and he wrote it with this with malcolm x and um it's beautiful and lawrence fishburne does a fantastic job i mean that voice whether you're whether it is what whatever one of his iconic roles is you're in to lawrence fishburne uh doesn't matter because <laughs> this is right. so it's beautiful it's really beautiful right. and it's much more like He's not doing Morpheus, you know, he's not doing Ike Turner. He's not doing the dad and or whoever he was. I forget in Aquila and the Bee. He is being the narrator of this beautiful, beautiful work. And he does not attempt to do, to my mind, at least it's not, it's always hard. I think when you're an actor who has to portray a very well-known figure. So he's not doing like, I'm trying to do a dead on Malcolm X impersonation. That's not what I hear in it, but he really, he picks up on certain patterns of speech and cadence tone. And I don't know. I would be very curious to hear how he did this. And um, so there's a nod to it. So you're listening to it and you've, it it allowed, I forgot I was listening to Lawrence Fishburne, but I didn't necessarily think, oh, Malcolm X is reading this to me. So he really hit that sweet spot where you as the reader get to go in and there's also some beautiful um, music uh, introducing each chapter, like just little moments uh, okay. that were great. That's if I recall of... correctly, I think it's for every chapter. So, yeah. So this is, it's more of a, like the ones that you're picking so far, and there's just two, seem to be production values on them. Uh, they've, they've put some work into it. You know, they've, they've, they've taken yeah. time to pick the right voice to, to read 
the thing because when I read the book, I remember being, I was like, I had been doing stand-up comedy for about two years. And all I could think was Red Fox knew Malcolm X when he was, you know, when he when they both worked at this restaurant in Harlem in the 40s. And it's um, really cool. Yeah. And you're just like, well, when I think about the number of people that I know in Los Angeles, of course, I'm going to run into it. Like whenever I run into someone, I mean, it's like, no, no, we've met. I don't know why or how, but you know, there was, there was some overlap with somebody who then becomes, goes on to become hugely famous or it, whether it's in standup or in whatever their field is, right. Um, you end up going to some yoga class or something. And then all of a sudden, oh you're yeah, like, what is that person doing on CNN? And you're yeah, like, no, very much. So at yeah. very much that you're moving, you're living. I mean, when you move among these types of people, you're living out history. We're all living out history. But when you get to move among these types of people, especially if you're in a city that's littered with them, you're going to run into each other. And if you have common interests, in, you might end up at the same shit. You, you know? might. And in New York in the 40s, you know, Red Fox is doing stand up or, or about to. And uh, Malcolm X, whose nickname was also Red, but I can't remember. Um I can't remember his full name. Malcolm X's. Full it's name. been a it's been a hot minute since I uh, we're gonna we're gonna look this up right now because right yeah, because too it, many people are yelling at their phones right now. <laughs> like, are you idiot? Because uh, I'm forgetting everything, including the names of actual people, friends, books, and stuff. Uh, Malcolm Little, and then well, he it. was El Haj Malik El Shabazz. Uh, lived May nineteenth, nineteen twenty five. When he was Malcolm Little, is when it happened. Yeah. Yes, and I they called about. him. His nickname was it incorporated. Was yeah, but it was something else too. Like because he was a cool dude in Boston. Actually, he was a cool guy. Uh, and like I mean, it's just amazing hearing all his stories and the stories the are fascinating. And his mom being committed to a state hospital after having a nervous breakdown, and like just right. I mean, it's just and hearing. It's been like two years since I listened to this, but hearing Lawrence Fishburne tell the tales is so amazing. I'm so glad I have a computer that I'm sort of. Uh, weirdly operating in the form of you know what phone. I, i'm yes, gonna let you i'm gonna let you look up that and we're gonna take a quick break my ad my ad my ad i'm about to do an ad rangers this is an ad for factor ready to eat meals uh ready to eat meals are not you don't have to prepare them so it's spring you can get wholesome, convenient meals to energize you for the warmer, more active days and keep you on track for reaching whatever your goals are with food, right? So Factor, F-A-C-T-O-R, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit can help you fuel up fast with ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You save time, you eat well, and you tackle everything on your to-do list. So too busy to cook this May, right? With Factor, you spick, you you skip everything. You skip the trip to the grocery store, the chopping, prepping, and cleaning up. Factors fresh, never frozen meals are ready to eat in just two minutes. So all you have to do is heat it up and enjoy it, and then get back outside, soak up the warm weather. Right? They have calorie conscious options ahead of summer. 
and ahead of every month, I'm sure. You could try delicious, dietitian approved calorie smart meals with around or less than 550 calories per serving. Uh, you can get an extra boost of energy to support your wellness goals because they have a protein plus meals with 30 grams of protein or more per serving. They have their flavor packed options, right? They, they're more interesting and they try to make, make sure that you try things that you don't normally try. So they offer delicious flavor packed options on the menu each week to fit a variety of lifestyles from keto to calorie smart, vegan, veggie, protein plus prepared by chefs, approved by dietitians. Each meal has all the ingredients you need to feel satisfied all day long while meeting your goals. And if you're looking to mix it up, you can add a protein to select vegan and veggie meals each week. So there's 34, there's more than 34 chef prepared, dietitian approved weekly options. There's always something new to try. Plus you could round out your meal and replenish your snack supply. They have 45 uh, or more snacks add-ons including breakfast items like apple cinnamon pancakes, bacon and cheddar egg bites, potato, bacon and egg breakfast skillet. So they have beverage options. Holy smokes, like cold pressed juices, shakes and smoothies. Uh, they have you want to do more protein? You can add filling options like a salmon fillet or chicken wings to your factor meals to support your dietary goals any time of the day. You can budget this month by cutting back on takeout so you get Factor instead. Not only is Factor cheaper than takeout, but the meals are readier, faster than restaurant delivery in just two minutes. And they're going to be healthier, quite honestly, if you get takeout. Because uh, it's just going to be food. It's just going to be fresh food delivered to your house. So look into it is what I'm saying. And they're making a sustainable choice. They offer 100% of their delivery emissions to the door. Wait, they offset 100% of their delivery emissions to your door. They source 100% renewable electricity for our production sites. And they uh, feature sustainably sourced seafood in their meals. So this may get factor and enjoy clean eating without the hassle. Choose your meals. Enjoy flesh, fresh flavor-packed meals delivered to your door. It's ready in two minutes. No prep, no mess. Head, so you go, you head to factormeals.com slash dork50 and you use the code dork50 to get 50% off your first box. You might as well try it. It's code dork50, D-O-R-K-50 at factormeals.com slash dork50 to get 50% off your first box. It'll be in the notes. Factor is spelled F-A-C-T-O-R. Meals is spelled meals, M-E-A-L-S.com slash dork50. Let's get back into the show. And we're back and you're still looking it up because did you enjoy that? Was that an ad? Did everybody I did. that? I enjoyed it. I'm going to buy whatever that was probably. Uh, <laughs> he had he had red hair and his name yeah. was Detroit Red. That's yeah. what they called him. Yeah. Because he he so. lived all, he would live from the Midwest, much like yourself. Um, one of many similarities. And then at one point was shipped <laughs> off to live with, I think he was shipped off to live with relatives in Boston, if I remember correctly. And French that's Prince when he, Miller. he got Prince into, Miller. well, he lived in like a, a like a, a, a nice home with his nice family, mm -hmm. uh, but he was up to shenanigans. Uh -huh. And I, I don't mean that it was like a super fancy home, but just like he lived with, I think his, was it his big sister, Ella? Like, um, he was one of several siblings. And I think you know, Ella was, I think her name was Ella. I think she was from a first marriage. Anyway, listen, this is a very, very good audiobook. Listen to it. Autobiography yeah. of Malcolm X. 
Uh, yeah, and listen to it over and over again because once you buy it on Audible, quite honestly, uh, it's yours. I listen to oh. things over and over and over again. Jackie, may I swap out my next one, which was going to be The Wild Heart of Stevie Nicks by Rob Sheffield, an Audible original, but I'm going to tell you there's a different one that I would prefer people select because it's incredible. Oh, which one is it? Creative Quest by Questlove, which is not exclusively from any app. You can get it across the apps. The book Creative Quest by Questlove is fantastic. It's all about creativity and interviews with people and research and his own experience. But the audiobook is one of the best audiobooks I've ever heard in my life. It is fully produced. He has guest actors come in. Uh, he has music that he or others have composed. It is wonderful. I got the book. I think I was like, what was I doing? I was chicken sitting for my agent as one does in Boulder, Sarah Colorado. Benincasa. Sarah Benincasa, chicken sits, you guys. I was chicken sitting for my agent, my agents, Sean and Darlene with collective speakers booked me to speak at your school about mental health awareness or creative writing, or perhaps your workplace about creativity. Who can say collectivespeakers.com. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I was chicken sitting at their house because they, at the time they had chickens and a little, little farm. And, um, I went into town in Boulder and I bought a bunch of stuff. And one of the things was this book, which was new at the time by Questlove. And later I listened to, I loved the book, but later I listened to the audiobook. And the audiobook is just, ah, oh, I think I was driving around Boston when I listened to it, actually. It's so good, Jaggy. It's so good. <laughs> what? And is it just memoirs again? Are we talking more memoirs? Mm -hmm. All about it's Questlove's book, all about creativity. He's done a few books, but this one is all about creativity and helping you be right. more creative and just telling you what led him to certain songs, certain sounds, um, what he's witnessed in people who he thinks are just the greatest at what they do, including chefs. Like it's it's not just about music. Okay. Um, it's be and he produces it. I I think he directed it. I'm not sure. So good. Okay, and it's God. yeah that that is amazing so yeah what what is the stevie dicks book though is that another it's it's just an audible original rob sheffield um the journalist does it and it's just all about the wild heart of stevie Nicks. it's very good so if you have audible i would listen to it if you're a stevie Nicks fan um it's just his reporting and research and it's good she, she was in that band yeah she was in the rolling stones the Stevie she, Nicks was not in the Rolling Stones. She's the drum. She was the drummer, and then they kicked her out. <laughs> and now she's the president of Belgium. Fleetwood Mac. Fleetwood Mac. Fleetwood Mac. Yes. There we go. This I literally was like, was she in the fucking Rolling Stones at one point? I, I was looking for a buggy ride. You had me real close there, Sarah Benincasa. Yes, I'm not even an improv comedian. Can you believe it? <laughs> but I improvise that. I'm just a, a writer and over here. And the only reason I know that is because there is a previous episode about how great Fleetwood Mac is and then oh. how great Stevie Nicks is. And I did not know that Stevie Nicks was in Fleetwood Mac because her name is neither Fleetwood nor Mac. No, no, no. Uh, it's named after other people in the band, but she's still more name. Fleetwood she's, and Mac. Right. V. Mac V. Right. And and yet she is uh I I was told she is Fleetwood Mac. And I was like, and yet no name. But she's uh she's supposed to be epic, and that's uh that, yes, so this she, she, 
she and Lindsay Buckingham were together. They joined the band when it was already Fleetwood Mac. It had been a very successful band already and swapped some members out and needed some new new blood. And she came in and she Lindsay, loved a man. Correct. Lindsay, a man. Yes, 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 yes. And, uh, you know, I think you would like, I think you would like to see, I think maybe I would like to watch with you so we can freak out. You know, the song silver Springs that she sings. Possibly. Okay. Well, there, they did a 1997, 1997 or 1998 concert special. I think it was on VH1 because they broke up. They all fucked each other and did a lot of drugs and then sure. broke up. And she had a very successful solo career, got sober and they got back together to do like, because Clinton used Don't Stop Thinking About Tomorrow as his 92 campaign song, Don't which was a song they wrote about divorce. Thinking about tomorrow. Correct. I remember that, one. that remember? Was They got together to, I think they played like either the DNC or the inauguration or something. So cut to people are like, you're good. Get back together. You can make money. So they did. <laughs> and they did this concert special called The Dance. And it was Fleetwood Mac Live and uh they have one of their songs had has had back in the 70s the USC marching band on it and they got the 1997 USC marching band to come out and do it and it's great but there's this performance which is uh very incredible Stevie Nicks it recently went viral on TikTok cuz a young person found it and was like <laughs> oh my god watch this cuz she and Lindsay had a very tumultuous relationship and um so there they are, and she's singing this song, which was supposed to be on their most, well, not their most successful, but their most beloved album. It's called Rumors. But, uh, and Stevie wrote it for that. They didn't want it. It ended up, maybe it's like a B-side in a later edition or something. Well, this song has now been a big fucking hit for 30 odd years or whatever, however long ago 1998 is, because they did this, this live version of it, the song that had really been neglected to that point. And okay. she- he just looks at him like, I'm going to fucking kill you, motherfucker, and starts stalking <laughs> him on the stage. And it's like you really see a lot of power there. And in The Wild Heart of Stevie Nicks, the Rob Sheffield audiobook, which I said I was going to talk about, now I am, because it is good. He talks about how she talks about that, about okay. how she's like, she's like, in that moment, I was like, I'm doing this performance. I can use this anger that I felt. I can bring it up. This anger about the song being rejected about the relationship. And I'm just going to go in. And it, it's very clear when you see it, you're like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. That's amazing. Whoa. Yeah. And he so, used to be hot. So I get it. Like they're both hotties. They were right. dramatic hotties. And then they kicked him out of the band a couple of years ago. Right. Right. That's when the, that's when the Fleetwood Mac episode was done when it, all that drama was happening and whoever talked about Fleetwood Mac, Wish I could tell you who it was. I feel like it was Walkinshaw. I don't know. Canadian act uh, comic. Could be wrong. Uh, I think I am actually. I think I'm wrong. Here's the good thing. Bye, Walkinshaw. It's uh, feel free to uh, to Google Fleetwood Mac, Dork Forest, and then you'll find out. I may do it later. Let's talk about Cersei. What is uh, that? Well, well, oh, yeah. Cersei by Madeline Miller. A beautiful beautiful book oh god it's so good it was a big bestseller she wrote Circe from uh Circe the who is a witch in Greek mythology a sorceress who um would not be believed if I remember correctly was that her or is it someone else Cassandra you're very close yeah your your brain picked the sea out and knew I like when our brains do that like our brains they do know 
Mm-hmm. Like deep down, your brain knew, but it was like searching for the connection. It said, see, that's connection. I think that's so interesting. No, Circe was a sorceress who lived on the, who um, was the daughter of uh, Helios, the sun god. And Helios oh. was allowed to stay the sun god after uh, Zeus and his siblings and friends defeated the Titans. Helios was like an older god and they said, you can stay. And she and Helios had a million different kids, and one of them was Circe, and she was a witch, and uh, he got mad at her, so he said, get out of here, you have to go live on an island called Ayaya, and so she had to live on this island, it was enchanted, and Odysseus washed up on shore with his dudes during the Odyssey, and she was like, I'm gonna turn you fuckers into pigs, and he was like, but not me, and she was like, you have to be here and be my boyfriend, and he was like, okay, and then she unpigged the guys. And so that it's like, there's like a, they had a the kid. And so this, but this is written, you know, from the point of view of Cersei herself. And it's really great. Oh, sort and of it, like the wicked of Cersei. Oh, it's very, it's giving wicked Cersei up and down, honey. And let's see a, who read I wonder this. they should make it a musical. They yeah. really should. I, I bet they'll do. I have no doubt that the film rights are like tied up right now uh, and that I really hope one day it becomes an amazing film or TV miniseries. I want to tell you who the narrator is because They're I want to give not credit listed, to these people. But I want to say this is that uh, Madeline Miller. It's Perdita like Weeks. Oh, Wait, sorry, Jackie. I just stepped on your joke. I, it wasn't a joke. It was going to be a sincere okay. comment. So, okay. Uh, but, <laughs> but say who it who it's read by. Perdita Weeks, a fantastic English actress, P-E-R-D-I-T-A Weeks. She's amazing. I used to be on Twitter and I fangirled. I found her. I fangirled out on her. A beautiful job. When Twitter was nice. Oh, when Twitter was nice. I'm on Blue Sky now. Uh, and Substack. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking about Sarah J. Benincasa. Hey. It's Sarah J. Benincasa, substack.com. Or Sarah J. Benincasa dot substack.com. Oh, wow. So many dots. So many well, good dots. for them. Good for it's them. It's a newsletter. It's a newsletter called Serotonin. What's anyway. the gentle art of Swedish death cleaning? What the okay. hell is that? Let me tell you something. Uh, it is read by the incredible English actress Juliet Stevenson of many movies. It is also, it's by Margareta Magnusson, who describes herself as being somewhere between the ages of 80 and 100. Uh, she wrote a book called The Gentle Art of Swedish Death Cleaning, How to Free Yourself and Your Family from a Lifetime of Clutter. She had five kids. She's buried a lot of people in her life, older people. And she's she decided along the way, including her husband. And, and it's so sad to hear her talk about it. And she decided along the way, like, I'm going to make this easier for the people who come after because her mother made it easier for her. She went in to look at her mom's stuff and found that her mom had had, after her mom passed away, her mom had put instructions and pinned things with little notes that said this goes to the charity shop this goes here in in sweden and uh her father she had had didn't and so she had to clean out a lot of stuff and one thing was that he was a uh i forget what his job was i think he was a doctor he was a doctor and after her dad died she had you know a little kid or two and she's stressed and sad and grieving mom hadn't passed yet and this is her first big sort of death that she went through and she's going through his desk And she finds in the back uh, a piece of arsenic, which he had kept during World War II 
as a lot of people did. They kept suicide implements, trigger Mm -hmm. warning, uh, uh, to, no, I'm I'm not joking about the trigger warning, everybody. I'm sorry. I didn't introduce that. That's a hard topic for some people, but we are talking about a historical situation. And, and, you know, a lot of people in these countries that feared they would be occupied. and, And in fact, and some were, and some went through it. They died by suicide rather than submit to Nazi rule and to the torture that would have happened. So he was one of those people he, and he never took it out. So this guy dies. It's like, what, the 70s by this point or the 80s she finds it she's what do i do with this and it's in a chapter and it's yeah like what do you do with it's a chunk i didn't know it came in chunk form and (laughs) she also um she she's very funny she's an older you know elderly woman and and hilarious and talks about she couches it in humor and she's like you know you might find a dildo and you should be happy for your parents that they had fun but just think about them but think about your kids if you have any. You might want to get rid of stuff like arsenic and tiltos. <laughs> Good for her. So very cool. And it's a TV series now. And my friend Greg Toller, who's a stand-up comic. Uh, produced by stand-up comedian and Swedish resident Greg Poehler of Massachusetts originally. It's called The Gentle Art of Swedish Death Cleaning. It's a series. It's on something. It's probably, I don't know if it's on Peacock or what. I don't but know. The show is. is actually called The Daily The, gen- the, gentle, the gentle Art of Swedish Death Cleaning. Wow. They didn't they didn't clean that up. Nope. And she her whole her Wait, oh sorry, Jackie. I'm just such a babble mouth tonight. I'm so excited about audiobooks. I'm even dark. Like blog blowing out the mic. Blog and play. All it's uh yeah, Patrick, uh he, Patrick Brady will he'll bring it down a notch. He'll oh, thank you. he'll he'll clean thank these you. up and clean this up. He'll thank be, you, Patrick Brady. Great. He thank will you. volume level. Maybe he'll new noise product. We oh. don't know. He's got oh. audacity skills, that Patrick oh. Brady. It's a delight. I have, I have no I have like three audacity skills and I'm not very <laughs> good at them. I do have a new podcast coming out at some point in June called Social Anxiety Variety Hour. Okay. Uh, just that's so in know. like two weeks. Yeah, maybe it'll be in like three or four weeks. Who can okay. say? Okay. At some point in, you in guys, June. Just go to Substack and check it out. Yeah, or you'll go be to Instagram. Fine. You will be alerted that Sarah oh, J. You'll be very Casa. alerted. You can also go to Instagram. Uh social anxiety variety hour is the handle for the upcoming podcast. And I'm gonna have Jackie Cation on the podcast, but it doesn't exist Girl. yet. But you it can subscribe. You can subscribe to it. There's placeholder stuff. You could pre-order. You could pre-order, pre-order something that may or may not. You get on the ground floor of this thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, yes. What is the Daily Rituals Women at Work by Mason Curry? Let me tell you something. There's somebody else who has a great sub stack you should check out. Mason Curry. That's C-U-R-R-E-Y. Mason's great. He lives in, I think, Asheville, North Carolina. He had a book called, uh, I don't know, I think it was called Daily Rituals Artists at Work or something. And he realized after he published it, um, and it's all about all different artists throughout history and what their daily routines were like. He realized after after he published it, he was like, oh my God, it's so majority cis men. Dudes. Dudes. And he he said, shit. And so he made the next one. It's all uh, it's all women and uh, certainly a, a sizable amount of queer women in there and daily rituals, women at work. It's wonderful. I listen to it when I'm just like, uh, being an artist is lame. And it's very comforting because you, you as hear much about as I appreciate uh, it. It's the because um, was the first one just called daily rituals? Yes, 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 yes. I so, think or something. Some, something, some, something something just like that and mostly dude artists right right and it um there's there's a 
a stand-up comedy book out about the history of stand-up comedy and Carol Burnett's in it. And that's it. Yeah. Phyllis Diller might be mentioned. Roseanne, maybe Joanne, like we're, uh, uh, Joan, Joan Rivers, four, four women, maybe mm-hmm. six. And he's, it's okay. Uh, but I'm never reading it because yeah, I've, lived, I've lived, I've uh, lived a thousand dudes and, and I have learned how to find them funny. Mm-hmm. I, I have learned to look for the similarities and, and thus be entertained. But uh, but I'm not going to read a book about it, about yeah, how, where, where, where I've been written out of it. So, um, yeah, uh, I matter of fact, Jackie and Lori show, we did a page our Patreon. We interviewed Judy Gold. Oh, uh, fantastic. For the Patreon, which is just a half an hour where Lori and I interview. And Judy Gold told the greatest stories of stand up comedy in New York in 1982. It's just a delight. Just a, I just, used to watch her all the time on Comedy Central. Right. And, right. and I dig Judy very much. Judy, Elaine Boozler, uh, early Wanda Sykes, for sure. Who else did I watch? I'm she, mentioned, I she mentioned Rebel. like a handful of na- names from the 80s that I had never heard of. Women, women who really went cool. either into writing or stopped doing stand-up because they... Because uh, they didn't have wives to raise their children for them. Yeah, because you need uh, to so. have you need to have a wife. Like you need to have someone who's your servant person. Everyone need everyone needs a wife. You guys, that's why mm-hmm. they're so popular. Mar- Margaret Cho uh, was huge for me. Like as a much younger person, absolutely. Yeah. Like so many, and these people who I watched like influenced my sensibility around. I mean, obviously, like the kids in the hall, Mystery Science Theater three thousand. Like there were different things that that really influenced Sketchy. me that were. The yeah. sketchy stuff but i was not a, a i was not really into you know that world i never was into like writing sketches really but um the i mean i tried it here and there but it wasn't for me but but the the women who had these incredible comedic voices really knocked knocked mary, their socks off um, mary, like mary jo peel. Ma- mary, jo mary jo peel. Peel. oh yeah we yes yes yes, yes. we were in a room together we mary jo peel and i were in a room together for uh Mystery Science Theater 3000, season 13. She is a Available on gizmoplex.com. Oh, there you go. And uh, what about, so a couple of these are sort of like how to write or encouraging writing and encouraging the creative uh, situation, including that, um, the one that was in between Malcolm X and Stevie Nicks. A uh, uh, Creative Quest by Quest right. Love. Uh, by and the Quest Love one, yeah. This next one is very much in that vein. Right. What is this is the creative act, a way of being by legendary producer Rick Rubin. All right. And this what is what is he produced? Book. Oh God. Everything from Jay-Z, Jay-Z to the Chicks, formerly known as the Dixie Chicks, to I mean, just too Music many guy. people, too many people to to uh Beastie Boys. Um too many people to name, like just, just all music of excellent, all music, okay. all excellence. That's cool. He's great. He's got a podcast now that I will listen to eventually. And this book is beautiful. It is all about creativity using lessons from not just from music, although he focuses on that, but sort of across disciplines. And he, it's very meditative. I think the chapters, I believe there's like the sound of a gong or a bell in between them, I think. Um, and yeah, Rick is just, it, it, the first time I found out who I even knew who he was, was because he produced 
hip hop and I knew his name, but then I saw my favorite music documentary, which is 2003. It's called Fade to Black. And it was about Jay-Z's alleged retirement album, <laughs> black album. Just a shitty, shitty yeah. retiree. Yeah. And everybody in it, at the end of it is Pharrell being like, he can't retire. He's not going to retire. And it's like, no, he didn't. But um, <laughs> it's it, there's a fantastic scene in there where they go to Rick Rubin's house, I think. I think he has multiple houses, but this was one with the studio in there and like rick rubin's upstairs doing a tibetan freedom concert like strategy discussion with the beastie boys and then like jay-z's downstairs recording uh for a black album and it's so inspiring and it's so fun and just to see rick rubin get down there and like talk to i forget if it was mike d or who it was he talks to one of the beastie boys and he's like he just like he's just like so talking in all like in whispers about what jay-z is doing it's very cool but um so rick rubin is a legend and he's a great audiobook narrator he narrates he the narrates book. his own book very and, soothing oh really he's got mm-hmm. a, a voice as a stick of butter is that what i'm hearing yes he's a buddhist relaxed jewish man from originally from new jersey i think who's lived in la forever and ever Wow. You know, last week's episode was with Mike Kaplan about Buddhism. Oh, yes. And when I talked to my dad, of course, he thought I said nudism. Oh, yeah. Anyway, that could be a dork forest. Someone into was, your, was your dad excited about the nudism interview? He was interested to find out. Uh, he did. We didn't go into it. That's one of the things I like about my dad is he rarely talks to me about uh, any sort of anything where he's not wearing clothes yeah. or he's getting some action. This is something he wears. Clo- he wears clothes around you and he does not do uh, dirty things with his lady around you. That's great. Right. It's and when I was a child, it was uh, he was uh, it turns out kind of a jackass uh, kind of. Well, I bet you my mother and my stepmother thought not even kind of, but, <laughs> uh, but it was, these were, it never really, it never came up. It's one of the great things about my, that's my, great. He was, he, as much as he was around when he was around, he was a great guy. So when you're, you when you are shielded from the shitty behavior of your father growing up, it allows you sometimes to pick a decent man. If you're a woman who dates men. <laughs> oh, <laughs> right. Except it still took me seven. As my sister said about Andy Ashcraft, if you're going to wait 17 years to get a boyfriend, Jackie, that's the one. And, uh, <laughs> ah, like, that's Thanks. awesome. Thanks. Thanks. And he is great. Thank he you. is great. He's a delight. So how about this Leonardo da Vinci? Oh, I lost my my mind over this one. (laughs) Andy. Oh, hey, hi. Oh, it's special (laughs) guest star, Andy Ashcraft. Hi, Andy Ashcraft. That was such a like children's television, like uh, a superstar moment. He's wearing this state. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a morning. It's a, it's oh, a, a children's television uh, cameo is what she said. <laughs> and he's wearing uh, the, right. the special staycation tour. Oh, I love that. Oh my God. That's a brilliant name for a tour. Uh, that was oh. my album that uh, 800 pound gorilla just told me they'll give me back the rights to. So uh, uh, I win. And, uh, but I don't know Yay. what it'll mean for Amazon and iTunes people who download, who bought the streaming. I assume that they should download it and burn it to a CD. I don't know what they should do, but they should do something real with it because I think it's about to get removed because distribution rights are, are have gone the way. Leonardo da Vinci, Walter Isaacson, 
Fabulous. Read by Alfred Molina, the great Alfred Molina. Oh, I've even heard of that person. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. He, he was Doc Ock. Oh, was he Doc Ock? I yeah. know who that is. Thank you very he's much. Doc Ock. Yeah. For referencing he's, we, we have that... a We have a, a buddy who's in common with him, uh, but I've never met the man. And uh, yeah, Doc Ock and uh, many other things. And he narrates Leonardo da Vinci by Walter Isaacson. Uh, which I loved. And I was just like, this is blowing my little Sicilian, New Jersey mind. Like, holy shit. This is and so this good. is it's a beautiful. biography of Leonardo da Vinci. Is that what the scoop is? Oh, yes. Yes. I understand he might have been gay. Well, he, I think, probably did some butt things with people who also had dongs oh. and uh, oh, identified as a man. And he was a dandy. And he was very flamboyant in his dress and he was handsome and Michelangelo didn't like him. And Michelangelo was depressed and angry and weird looking. Um, <laughs> and Leonardo da Vinci was hot. And I probably would have hated Leonardo da Vinci too, quite frankly, if I were Michelangelo. But yeah, he was like the golden boy. He was the golden boy and Michelangelo was like, but I'm better. And you're like, mm -hmm. no, you're different. You're both great. Yeah, it's and, like it's uh, like every uh, pair of male comedian rivals we've ever been friends with. The same <laughs> shit where they're like, but, who's my boy? And then like when they had, get, have a few, they're like, I just don't understand why. And you're like, shut up. But Ben Affleck and Matt Damon like each other. Mm -hmm. All right. So they are not. Because they're both handsome. That's that why. does help. That does help. They both have pretty privilege. Oh, my God. And we're back to Frederick Law. <sighs> Genius of place. Uh, this is a wonderful audiobook by Justin Martin. Okay. Let me see who reads it because we want to give credit because I can tell you from sitting in that those booths doing it twice. You spent a lot of time looking at these words and these people deserve credit where credit is due. Come on, Justin, who narrated your book? So this yeah. is Genius of Place. It is... Um... The Life of Frederick Law Olmsted, which is the previous episode with Sarah Jessica, Sarah J. Uh, Sarah Jessica Parker, Sarah Jessica Sarah, Parker, Sarah Jessica Benincasa. Is your um, middle name Jessica? Oh no, no, I was not given a middle name actually, but I because uh, my dad's family didn't do that. We were allowed to pick our own because we were they they knew that eventually Catholicism would indicate that we would get confirmed. Right. And so we got confirmed and I became Sarah Juliana and my brother became uh, Stephen Xavier because he wanted an X. Oh, Richard Ferroni or Richard Ferrone. I want the Italian email wants to go Richard Ferrone, but it might be Ferrone. And he does a great job. This is 18 hours, 47 minutes about legendary landscape architect. Wow. Ab <laughs> abolitionist and other stuff. Frederick Lollum's Outstanding. That's awesome. I'm, I'm kind of interested. I wonder if I could talk my brother into, into buying. That's a nice long one. He might really like that one. It's so, very interesting. And you go on journeys and you go to the Civil War and you even go to China, my friend. You go to China at one point in that I've one. You go to, to England. Go to mm -hmm. You go to Connecticut. You go to California. Connecticut's okay. I don't Yeah, it's fuck it. It's, a, it's like, eh, it's, it's, it's something right needed. Something needed to be in between. I think I did the Foxwoods. Did I do the Foxwoods? Whatever. Yeah, I did. Uh, Sandman. I've, I, we have, Ooh. I have all the comics. We got the floppies. We got, uh, we got the, the illustrated uh ones that came out once a year i gave them to andy for his for his christmas present hundred dollars oh, so with extra art so how does how do they read sandman 
Well, Neil narrates some of it, and then Neil Gaiman, author, narrates some of it, and then you've also got this spectacular cast of Riz, Riz Ahmed, Cat oh, Dennings, Taryn Egerton, James McAvoy does the voice of uh, the dream, Samantha Morton, BB Newirth, the fabulous BB Newirth, Andy Circus, and Michael Sheen. Mm-mm-mm. Indeed, I watched the TV show; it was a delight. Yeah, uh, we read the comics. That was outstanding. It was one of the first, actually. I think Lucifer, which was a spinoff written by Michael Carey, uh, Mike Mike Carey, whatever. I was given seventy five comic books, uh, and I, he was like. I think you'll like it. I'm like, find me something a little shorter. And then I was given top 10 by Alan Moore by Andy Ashcraft as well. So I oh, um, love Andy Ashcraft. I, you know, I, I really enjoy, I enjoyed the TV show Lucifer very much. And um, cause Neil, you, created, you saw Sandman though, right? Uh, I've seen some of it uh, and I need to finish watching it and saying that out loud. I'm like, should I have said that? I didn't see? Oh, that's yeah. I've seen <laughs> You know, we have people, you know, I haven't listen. I haven't heard that listen. album. I have, we don't, we can't see all, all we the can't things. See everything. I've never watched Lady Dynamite, and Maria Bamford is my oh, best friend. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I've there seen most of Sandman. There you go. Um, but uh, I, I saw not, all I've of read good all omens. of it. I saw good I omens. love Good Omens. Good I can't omens wait. I loved sort of the juxtaposition between Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett because Terry Pratchett, of course, wrote all those Discworld books. Yeah. And the Discworld books are very, very silly. They have uh, a political through line, which is uh, quite uh, it's there. The B the B line is don't be a dick. And uh, uh, society was created uh, for the community. Right. So but they're sitting on the back of a turtle and he loves a pun and so good omens is and sometimes neil gaiman can be a little too dark for me quite honestly i get a little scared like american gods uh was intense scary. for me and neil, the scariest thing neil's ever for me i'm sorry to interrupt jackie but that i have ever read of his that scares the shit out of me is um snow glass apples which is a short story it's a version of snow white I get very upset about it, and I would not. I don't. I don't know if I've brought that up to, to I've, ever. I've read but the children's scares books. Me. I've read. Scary. I've read a lot of his stuff. I've read. I've read almost all of his stuff, including some prose. But I have not read that, and because it's scary, I may never write it. But the. Uh, but what I liked about Terry Pratchett made his stuff sillier, and he made Terry Pratchett's stuff more serious, and it was a beautiful. I wish they had written other things together, and I'm. And it made me read Terry Pratchett and it took me about six or eight Discworld books uh, to get into it just because they're hard to get into. And so, uh, but once I'd read like six or seven of them, I was like, all right, I'm in. And so I read about, you kept at it. You kept, you kept at it because it was meaningful. Right. And so I probably read maybe between 25 and 30 of them, but there's a lot of them. And, um, yeah. I'm, and I wanted to read them. I, you're right. Like I, pl- I plowed through it. I'd been told that they were so good. The same with like the Dresden, not Dresden files. I don't think it's Dresden. It might be. I, they, yeah. They start, I think they, so. start, they start getting good at, at book four. Anyway, I digress. Let's talk about this thing. Agora fabulous. Oh, that's my memoir. My, the first book I wrote and the first book I narrated. There you go. You guys Agora as an agoraphobia fabulous mm-hmm. as in 
fabulous. Oh yeah. You get to hear many, many intense tales that hopefully are funny, but uh, I wrote it when I was what it came out, came out when I was 31. I wrote it when I was like, I'm 42 and a half now, Uh, but it came out. I wrote it when I was like 28, 29. It was based on a, one woman show I did called Agora Fabulous, which was based on uh, stand-up that I'd done. And, you know, I wrote it obviously when I was a lot younger than I am now, but um, I haven't reread it in years and some things I would certainly change, but I'm proud of it. I think it's still a good read. I hope you hope you what enjoy about- and I'll read it to you if you want and an audiobook right. form. Right, right. And what about DC Trip? Did you get to read that one? I did. And that was really fun. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I, I've never did an audiobook for Real Artists Have Day Jobs, uh, another nonfiction book I wrote. And I've never done an audiobook for Great, which is um, Queer Lady Teen Gatsby. But those are fun books, too. But um, DC Trip was a lot of fun to read because it's it's this. It, oh, DC Trip was also really fun to read because not only is it like dirty, it's a dirty book. It's a book for adults <laughs> about a high school and high school teacher, high school class and high school teachers who go on a class trip to Washington DC and dirty shenanigans unfold. Oh, there's sure. some fucking, it, there's some puking. Did they, they eat, pray, love themselves into, into Washington, into our nation's capital? Oh no, no, no. They, uh, they went uh, on a school trip and there's sex and somebody throws a tampon in somebody's face, uh, a used one. And somebody pukes after blowing somebody uh, that adults uh, adult teachers do that uh, after a Chili's in in my hometown of Flemington, <laughs> New Jersey, set in my hometown, and then they go to D.C. It's fucking dirty as hell, and it's fun. So, but, and, um, and that, is that fiction? Good times. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's okay. fiction. Okay. That's fiction. <laughs> I was like, because everything else was 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 real. No, that well, great <laughs> is great. Great is my is a novel. It's queer teen Lady Gatsby. D.C. Trip is a novel, which is uh, wacky hijinks. And then uh, imaginary hijinks. And then that was fun to Agora Fabulous, Real Artists of Day Jobs, both nonfiction. But yes. uh, DC Trip was fun to do for many reasons. I really liked the directors that I worked with on that one. But also one day during lunch, because I was there, you go in for, for if the book's like 70,000 words, um, depending, right. you might, they might block out like four or five days in studio and it might be like six hours and you might take a one hour break or something wow so it's it's a lot on your voice and you might end up just sometimes you they tend to block out more than they think you'll need so you might finish it in four days or three days or whatever just depending but um sandra O was doing narration for a book and we were eating in the the cap the break room is not big at this facility and so i got to like talk to her and i did not geek out about about her acting thank god but i did get to say it was nice to meet her and ask her what she was narrating and talk about stuff and it was fun and there was another narrator there which was cool yeah and that was also the place they had a plaque because barack obama recorded one of his audiobooks in that place too so that was cool. cool yeah every time i meet an author i'm always pretty proud of myself that i don't lose my shit uh yeah yeah, because uh, and I had I had Cage Baker on uh, the Dork Forest many years ago when it was not pre-recorded. The audio quality blows, but it's on Bandcamp, and she's my favorite science fiction writer oh, of, cool. of, of a genre. And she is from essentially from Los Angeles. Hates Los Angeles. You can tell in her books, which is not not cool because I love Los Angeles, but she's very funny and very smart. And the books, the company series, I've talked about it. 
a lot on this on this program, The Dork Forest, uh, because of how much I like Cage Baker and the company series. But she has written three fantasy books that are also really, really good. The Anvil at the End of the World. I forget. I forget. But they're really, really. And when I interviewed her, she said that she was only reading. She's since passed away. She had a brain aneurysm, but she finished her uh, her series, which I always appreciate. Uh, And she um, she had. uh, uh, Damn it. The the. When she was on the show, she told me she was only reading Shakespeare and Terry Pratchett. Oh, which is I love why that. I read, which is why I read Terry Pratchett and stuck it out. And she dorked out about the very first Ren Fair because she was there and she now it's too corporate. And uh, so she was expect so, that she hated LA being from LA. I don't right. like it when people go to LA. If you don't, if you move right. to Los Angeles and you're gonna shit all over it and talk about how your hometown, I don't care if it's New Get York out. City where, where I live now, yeah. or Chicago or Paris or a small town, I don't give a fuck leave if you move to a city that expensive and that you know la has not been cheap any time in my life it's been cheaper than now for my whole life up to now but like get the hell out of there because it's a beautiful diverse wonderful city of amazing people doing all sorts of things but if you're from there if if you're from there and you don't like it you've earned that i have no (laughs) qualms you have done the you know it more than i do you've done the research by living there and it's really, it's hard to stay where you grew up because you always have this sense yeah. of, you know, whatever. Hey, It's like you either have to go hardcore on hometown pride or mm-hmm. you are so sick of it and hate it. And I know people who've gone both ways in their tiny hometowns and in their big cities too, which kind of refreshing actually to like know that whether you're from a small town like I am or you're from a, some big fancy city, you can still go either way with like hometown right. pride and being like, this place sucks. Right. I hate Paris. I grew up there. You're yeah, like, so what lame. just happened? What just happened? Do you, is it the croissants? And they're like, no, I like France. I just don't like Paris. And you're like, okay. I mean, I literally met a guy and he had grown up there. And I really? Like, Are you serious? Yeah, and he yeah. was like, I don't, I don't like it. I don't, I don't like, like it. it. He's like, I'm going to go live in rural France because that's okay. Right over. And you're like, well, you are you're a country guy. You would like to live where it's less crowded and you don't like crowds. So that, that makes, makes sense. perfect sense. Uh, OK, so the last one you did pick a bonus one. We can probably get to it, but we're oh, well, we're at almost an hour, but it's Bamford's. It's it's her. It's she, read it, she read me several iterations of this. I'll Which, tell you why I liked this one. How long is it? And I love, I, oh, let me see. How long is Bamford's? It's called You Are a Comedy, You Are a Comedy Special. You what know what's, there? you know what, Jackie Cation, is funny. The first time I heard your name said aloud, it was by Maria Bamford. Because uh, she was alone. like, <laughs> she was like on stage mm-hmm. uh, and she was like, my friend Jackie Cation. And I just thought, I remember thinking, because I was, I was like, doing stand-up at the time and I think I was like, I was on a show that she was on. And of course I was delighted. She had dropped in. I was like, oh gosh, Maria is somebody I grew up watching, but uh, I uh, not grew up. It makes it sound, she's not that much older than me, but you know, in high school or maybe college, I was like, holy fuck, this person is a genius. And she also started so young too. So there's that. But um, uh, I, I liked the, the, your name having all those, the K sounds in it. And, <laughs> 
the the a sounds and i just was like jackie cation's a great name and then i was like now we're friends isn't that weird and i talked to you all the weird. time right right it's we kind talk of cool all the time. i just i liked your name before i liked you that's a good name yeah it's <laughs> weird she talks about me all the time and i get a lot of uh cred for it i talk about her and i get emails that i'm starfucker uh and i'm like well you do you fuck you god we shouldn't talk about it but uh, you are in a secret marriage with her and you have several children and they're beautiful kids well when when i first started opening for her on the road which was in i think 2001 and uh it was right after 9 11 that we really started working together it would have nothing that's to do the with fun time that's the fun was i was just this this is yeah. so random jackie but i was just talking to kimia dawson who's a wonderful musician about right after 9 11 she and the strokes went on tour together it was uh right. kimia's band with adam moldy peaches and the strokes and i was like what was that like and I don't know if you guys had this experience. She said it was extremely cathartic for us and for the audiences. Like it was a very special tour. Yeah. And it was, but we, like I opened for her still. And it's very funny when anyone ever called, like when I was doing it a lot more, when I didn't have enough of my own weeks, right? And she was great. She was working the road and we were grinding it out, but I would get a call and like, Hey, I got a question for Maria. And I'm like, we're not spooning. I don't know what you think is happening. She's in her room. Did you call her? And they're like, yeah, she's not answering. And I was like, well, then she doesn't want to answer your question. But when you become, they think you're the hand of the king. And the king is just like, the king is your weirdo friend who you just like threw French fries at each other with. And you're like, I don't, I'm not in charge. I can't I, answer. Wh- and it's always a delight because Maria was like, oh, just hang up on him. I'm like, uh, First of all, I want them to one day want to work just with me when you're too busy. And then I would get my own week. So I will not be hanging up on them. But I loved that she get, always gave me permission to just go, I know. What are we spooning? <laughs> and uh, so, but you are a comedy special is actually really great. And it's a 15 step program. You have a comedy a special. An hour. Yes. And I, I listened to it not because I was trying to write an hour. This was very recent. I don't do stand-up anymore unless you pay me money and I come out of retirement and do a middling amount of work. It's probably not that great. Uh, please do. I'll do it. Give me lots of money. <laughs> but anyway, uh, but like I listen to it because I like listening to, as we can see, things about creativity. I like learning how different right. people's minds work when they're creating a thing. And yeah. that could be a scientist. It could be an engineer. I mean, the parts about Leonardo da Vinci's career when he was engineering bridges fascinating to me because you can those cross disciplinary learnings are important and since you know I used to do stand up and I I really like uh, Fanta Maria's I was like uh, you know I like her writing very much her acting is wonderful and I was like let me listen to this and it was helpful um, in helping me I forget what I was working on at the time that it helped me crack it was not for performance I think it was either like I was writing a script for some like gig I got at Netflix for like their YouTube. Like it was like, it was like a WGA thing, but it was just like a promotional thing. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't like a scripted show, but I forget what it was. Or I was trying to crack like uh, my way into like a novel idea, but it helped like just listening to this story about creativity. It's very funny. And it's, it's very useful too. Like it just, that stuff helps me. Listening to Rick Rubin talk about music helps me. Right. Wow. Yes. Um, 
Well, I think that we have, uh, I love the summation of those are the, those, that's what you like to listen to. You like to listen to creative people I do. and the creative process and audio where, where famous or not famous readers mm-hmm. uh, bring it to life for you. Oh, I wanted to say one more thing, Jackie. I want to give credit where credit is due, although he gets plenty of credit and he should for to Dirk Maggs, who worked on all of the Sandman stuff. Like I haven't listened to the the Sandman audiobooks. Okay. Not an incredible, like I think he was a director and producer. I'm not sure, but just that sorry. So yeah, sorry, interrupt, but I, oh, it's important right. to me. These people work right. hard and they do great stuff. That's it. And you work hard and you do great stuff. Everybody, Thanks. it's Sarah, S-A-R-A-J, Benin, B-E-N-I-N-C-A-S-A, Benin Casa, dot substack, dot com, and also just at Sarah J. Benin Casa on Instagram. It'll be in the notes. You have been a delight, of course. Thank you. You're, to. you're awesome. Yeah, I'm just happy to always hang out with you and be in your orbit like a real psycho. So I'm glad to be here. <laughs> Thanks for doing the show. Oh, and Rangers, you. you know the rules out there. Take care of each other. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. My hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh, my God. Thank we you. Why don't we just call that as the end of the show?